Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you. Uh, Governor, I really wanted to ask you about federal funding and resources to fall back on. Um, something that you had to offset the shutdowns earlier this year, you know, as the onset of the coronavirus pandemic started in, in March and then grew from there. Um, but we're heading into the fall, which you are warning people need to be diligent with their safety guidelines. And I'm wondering, you know, as the cases are on the rise nationally, there's little hope we're learning today about another coronavirus relief bill in Washington. So without that federal funding and resources to fall back on, does that put Ohio in a tough spot if we start to see cases spike again? Well, I'm, st I'm still optimistic that uh, Democrats and Republicans in Congress are going to come together and, and, and get a bill. Uh, I've, I've talked to uh, Sherrod Brown. I've talked to Rob Portman. I've talked to our members of the House, Congressman Ryan and others. I think everybody wants a bill. Uh, and so, you know, where that sweet spot is where they can get it done, I don't know. But, you know, I know what our local governments need. They need more flexibility in how they spend the money. I just was on the phone with a number of county commissioners around uh, the state. That's one of the things that, that they're very concerned about. So I think we will get additional money uh, from the federal government. And I think that's important. Is the flexibility the way you can spend it in terms of maybe maxing out your budget and then applying for the relief? Is that what you mean, that threshold? Needs to be removed. No, I, I think I think what you're going to see, though, is there's some restrictions on the on the money. And I think what local government is asking for is kind of take off some of these restrictions. Um, for example, the ability to spend money on police and fire. Um, you know, what's happened to our local communities is that their tax revenue is down. And the reason it's down, of course, is the economy's down. That's to be expected. But that means it's tougher. Uh, it's tougher for them to do the basic things that we expect. Uh, government to be able to do. So giving them more flexibility would certainly be helpful. Would you even consider another shutdown? I have to ask, you've mentioned before that we needed to get the economy moving and hold up those safety guidelines at the same time. So would you even do that if cases went up again? Well, the last thing we want to see is a, is a, is a shutdown. And, you know, that's why it's important for us to use the tools that we have. Uh, Ohioans have, have done a good job. We've kept the virus uh, down. We've had a lot of tragedy. We've lost a lot of Ohioans who've died. A lot of Ohioans have lost their jobs. A lot of small businesses are out of business. So it's been, you know, uh, we don't want to minimize the tragedy for those individuals. But we've not seen uh, this huge spike in cases uh, with hospitals overflowing that we have seen in other states. But if we're going to have kids in school, if we're going to have college kids back in school, uh, if we're going to see our economy move forward, uh, it's important that we do the basic things that we need to do. Uh, you know, we got to continue to wear masks. Look, I'm sick of wearing a mask, but uh, I know everybody else is as well. But wearing a mask, keeping distance, not going to big events where there's a whole bunch of people. These are the things that we can do, the sacrifices that we can make that will enable our kids to stay in school, that enable them, them to play sports, uh, enable them to do, you know, all the things that uh, we want them to be able to do. What about tapping into the rainy day fund? Have you thought of that? If we get into a dire situation with our economy and the revenues just not coming in, do you think that this would be considered a rainy day or I hate to say a rainy year? Well, it's raining. There's no doubt about it, uh, even though it's it's uh, bright and sunny in the Mahoney Valley today. But uh, uh, the virus is here. It's, it's, it's slowed our economy, which obviously slows down the revenue that comes into all levels of government. So we are going to use part of the rainy day fund this year, uh, and we're going to save some of it to use next year if we need it. Uh, what we want to do is not have any huge 
drops in revenue, for example, education. Um, you know, we had to impose a cut last year. We don't want to do this again. We don't want any additional cuts. Uh, we want to try to keep the funding level for education smooth uh, so that educators, uh, superintendents, school boards can plan ahead for, you know, what they need to do. So um, using that rainy day fund and spreading it out over maybe a couple of years is, is the prudent and wise thing to do, we think. Okay, interesting to know. Uh, let's talk about the uh, campaign season. We're in the middle of it. We're in the home stretch, essentially, as we head into November. Uh, you've been a vocal supporter of the president's reelection effort, and your immediate predecessor, John Kasich, has not only endorsed Joe Biden, but spoke for him at the DNC. So I'm sure you saw that. And I know this is a lot of inside baseball with the politics. But uh, with regard to you know some of the positions that you guys take, especially on abortion, judicial appointments, you know he can't support Trump on the moral grounds. So where do you and the Republicans like Kasich differ? Well, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's one of the great things about our country. Um, we get to choose who we want to vote for for president. I'm voting for uh, President Trump. Uh, I'm very happy with the people he's put on, not only the Supreme Court, but the, the district court, the circuit court. Uh, you know, he's he's put on about a third of all federal judges today. So uh, and they've been conservative. I think, you know, they, he has followed what he pledged to do. Uh, you know, until we ran into the coronavirus, our economy was moving pretty well. And I'm confident that once we get it in our rearview mirror, that the economy is going to come back and come back strong. I'm, I'm optimistic about the Mahoning Valley. I'm optimistic about where Ohio's going to go. So, you know, look, I, I, I support the president. Um, I think we're going to see a, a, uh, a very close race in Ohio. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Ohio is a, remains a battleground state. Okay, uh, let's talk about politics and the vaccine, because that's now going hand in hand, just like the conversations were with the masks not long ago. You said you'd even get the vaccine just to dispel some distrust and concerns among the public. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and why it's important for you to speak out about it right now as we head into the campaign season. Well, I think there's a lot of controversy about the vaccine now. And, and what I said yesterday at our press conference is, look, let's, let's take a deep breath. Let's stand back. Let's let the scientists do what they do. Uh, let's let the medical professionals, let's see what they develop. Let's see what the testing is. And then people can make their own judgment when this is approved and comes out on the market. Uh, so, you know, just let's pull back a little bit. Let's don't make this political. Let's let's listen to what the scientists say. Um, I was asked whether I would take uh, get a shot. I said, sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm going to do it in, in whatever uh, the priority order is I'm going to wait my turn. But, uh, you know, it's important, I think, that first responders get it first, uh, that our nurses and our doctors and our EMT and all the people who are on the front line that we depend on, they're the ones who need to get this vaccine first. Okay. And then uh, what is your advice for families as they look to, you know, the falls right around the corner? So you have Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween. Will you be holding any family get togethers? What would be your advice to folks who still want to carry on these traditions, but do it safely? Well, what we've done uh, this summer and now into the fall is, uh, you know, when we get together as a family, we were, we're outside. Number one, uh, Fran cooks the food and we take it outside and uh, we have a picnic uh, we try to keep some social distance and uh, wear, wear a mask. So, you, you know, you don't uh, stop seeing your family uh, because of the virus. But what you try to do is do it in the safest way as, as you can, particularly now that kids are back in school. Uh, we had 
two two families together this weekend. And, you know, everybody had to kind of warn everybody, let's be careful because we have kids who are back in school uh, intermingling with, with other kids who are not yet back in school and go to live in a different community. So it's it's those are the type of things where, you know, we don't want to get so uh, let our guard down. Uh, we sometimes let our guard down because it's our family or let our guard down because it's our friends. We want to get together. We want to enjoy life, but we want to be careful about it. Will the Ohio Department of Health issue a health guideline or an update for, I guess, Christmas time when it's cold in Ohio? I mean, we can't go outside unless you have a lot of hot chocolate. Um, so I guess the, the one thing I wanted to know is, is, do you think that they will offer some advice and what do you think they may recommend? Well, one of the things that, you know, the national experts and the Ohio experts are worried about is when, you know, we have kids back in college now. Uh, and so the concern is when they go back home, uh, some schools have had to shut down. Uh, the worry is that young people have contracted the disease. They don't know it. Uh, then they go home and maybe they give it to their 80 year old grandmother. Uh, and so it spreads out from there. So I think we have to be very, very careful once schools are actually back in session and students are in, in that college town, uh, whether it's Youngstown or wherever it is, uh, you know, you don't want to jerk them back to, to their home. And I think each student has to be careful and, and has to be very, you know, very concerned. They're coming out of a, an environment uh, where a lot of kids are together. At some point, either Thanksgiving or Christmas or sometime, they're going to go back home. And that's where they have to be, you know, exceedingly careful to protect their own family. Uh, one of the things that I was wondering about was uh, the football season. I had seen a headline that you were sounding off on whether Ohio State and the Big Ten Conference should play at football this fall. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you've heard so far from the Big Ten and the possibility of this happening. I know a lot of schools depend on the revenue that comes from the athletic uh, events, but just having that in general would be you know, something that would bring the students together. Well, uh, I was talking yesterday morning uh, to Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State. And, you know, we were talking about what was going on. I don't disclose the, these private conversations, but, you know, there still clearly is a, is a chance that there'll be a, a Big Ten season that Ohio State and the other teams will play. But that's going to, again, come down to what the vote is of, of the Big Ten, those, those 14 schools, how they how they vote. Um, you know, as far as Ohio State, uh, I've been into contact with Dr. Johnson about uh, the president of Ohio State, about a number of things at Ohio State, but certainly testing included. And, uh, you know, they have the ability to test quite often uh, and even more often for athletes. And so they were testing every couple of days for athletes. And so, uh, you know, there's a real opportunity to keep athletes, not just the football players, but all athletes uh, very, you know, as safe as is humanly possible with the COVID out there. Yeah, he said they really have a lot of access to quick testing, which is great to hear. Okay, and one more thing, I have actually fielded calls from viewers on my end personally about these FEMA camps, and then you came out and warned about them yesterday. So I was so glad to hear that because I was doing research on my own end, thinking, what are they talking about? So tell me a little bit about what really does happen with the Federal Emergency Management Agency? Uh, would you force people diagnosed with the virus to quarantine against their will? Tell me what's the myth no. and what's the fact. Look, in the state of Ohio, there may be one or two people, I don't know, it's up to local health departments who have actually been forced to quarantine against their will. That's not what usually happens. Uh, it's very, very, very rare. This was an internet rumor. Uh, it goes back to a, a order that was issued 
early on in the pandemic, uh, and it followed up uh, federal help from the fe- from the federal government from FEMA, uh, where they said, "Look, if you've got first responders, if you've got people who are working as nurses, for example, and are working twelve-hour shifts, and they need a place to go crash, basically go to sleep, stay, uh, because they don't want to infect their family, don't want to go home to their family." then the money was provided to do things like that. And so that's that's all it was. Uh, some of the conspiracy theorists uh, put together something else that the CDC put out about having to do with kids and, uh, uh, you know, having having uh, a toothbrush or something when they go to school in case they have to stay over because of some, uh, uh, you know, uh, attack of some sort. Uh, it had nothing to do with it at all and certainly had nothing to do with us. So, uh, you know, these conspiracy theorists spin their tails and try to get people upset and, and, and concerned. And so there's, look, there's no, no way in the world that we're going to be part of any uh, separating kids from their families, separating kids from their parents, uh, setting up any kind of camps. I mean, this is just all just ridiculous, just garbage. So thanks for giving me the chance to, yes. to clear it up. No, I think it's important to dispel the rumors. And real quickly before I go, uh, our viewers also ask me all the time about the numbers, of what's really behind the coronavirus numbers. And, you know, I think they want more context. I think that they're distrusting sometimes because they, they don't maybe know someone personal that had it. How real is this problem? And where do you see us heading in the fall? Just to reiterate the importance of, you know, keeping up on this and the social guidance, distancing guidelines and the mask wearing. Well, look, the, the numbers are real, and we try to provide as many numbers, as much information as we can. Uh, and sometimes that gets confusing. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example, what we call positivity number. Uh, what that simply means is if you test a thousand people, uh, what percentage of them in a day uh, turned out to be positive? And that's a pretty good indication of how widespread the virus is in your community. We're at about 4.2% now on a uh, rolling for a seven-day average. That's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, New York State, for example, now is down below 1%. Uh, Of course, they went through hell. I mean, they went through, you know, so many people died um, before they ever got it down to 1%. It was a horrible, horrible tragedy. But, um, you know, you look at some other states that we've seen more recently. Uh, South Dakota is high. Um, you know, Arizona at some point was up to 15 or 20 percent. So um, it's all relative and you have to kind of see, you know, where your numbers are. And more importantly, you try to look at the trend. Are you moving in the right direction? Are your cases going up? Is your positivity going up or is it going down? Ours is fairly flat now at about 4.2 percent, as I said, which is OK. Um, it's sort of sort of in the middle. What we worry about is when, you know, as colleges go back in, and students return to campus and high schoolers go back and grade schoolers go back, then we would expect, you know, a spread just because those kids are coming together. And, and we're certainly seeing that on, the, on some of the college campuses. So we were worried that these numbers will go up. And, the, you know, this, I guess the, the message really is uh, we're doing well. Uh, Ohioans have done great. Uh, we just have to keep it up and uh, we'll get through this. Uh, but we don't have a a vaccine yet. Uh, we don't know when this is going to end. And if we want our schools to stay open, if we want our kids to play sports, if we want all those things to happen, you know, we have to keep wearing our mask out in public. 
uh, we have to keep our social distance. We have to keep away from big parties and, and, and things where there can be a big, big amount of spread. And if we keep doing those, well, then we'll get the more important things. We'll still be able to do the more important things. And that really is a is, is a sign of freedom being able to do some of the things that, that we think are most important. Absolutely. I really appreciate your time, Governor. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us one-on-one here in Youngstown and get a lot of questions answered from our viewers. Definitely Good to be helpful. with you. All right. Thank peace. you very much.